Welcome to Metaphysical Soul Speak, the podcast. I'm your host, Elena Fox. Hey guys, I hope you're doing really well in this moment in time. And that whenever and wherever you happen to be on this gorgeous globe called Terra or Earth, depending on who you are, I hope that you're able to rise like the phoenix from the ashes of Scorpio season and, oh my God, all that healing we did, (laughs) and that you're able to get into your child self, your inner child mode, and that you're able to play and laugh and joke and be yourself and be genuine and authentic in this Sagittarius season, because this is a time to adventure and play. And if you've got the money and the time, maybe even a little bit of travel. And I hope that you're able to get out of your head and get into your heart and ask your inner child how it would play if it could play today. Make some room, take some time. Be nice and gentle and good to yourself. Love yourself and love your inner child self. If your inner child self says it's time to go to the park and swing on those swings that are still going to hold your weight because they're really badass. (laughs) The strong swings, you know what I'm talking about. If you're into, well... (laughs) You're into swinging, but I mean actual swings at the in the playground. I mean it from the uh, simply wholesome. <laughs> That's the kind of play I mean, like actual like child's play. <laughs> I love how I say things are like super awkward and sexual, and I certainly do not mean them that way. And then I get embarrassed, but hey, anyway, it's just how I am. I'm just, and then I catch it, and then it's super funny. Oh my god, my whole life it's been like this. I say things in the most wholesome, innocent way, and it always comes across in the most weird way. But I didn't mean it that way at all. But I, um, I was thinking about today and about the Sagittarius season, and I was thinking not so much really about that, but just about how I've been here for almost six months, maybe about five months where I live now, And I really ought to go down to the beach. And the water is warm like bath water. It's easy to get into the water. It's not a chore. It's not like, oh, it's so cold. Like in California, and I love my home state. I love being an L.A. girl. I grew up going to Venice and Santa Monica and Huntington Beach. All, I mean, Surf City. I mean, a lot of my childhood was spent living in Surf City, that's where I went to kindergarten, you know, and I've kind of sometimes I've had that memory, you know, memories of kindergarten in my mind in the past, um, you know, few months, all the different things and laughing about, you know, some of the weird experiences I had and telling my, my oldest kid about it. I mean, they really enjoy hearing my stories sometimes about my childhood, But I really, I was thinking, I need to go to the beach. I need to just put my toes in the sand and feel the water on my skin and 
the cool ocean breeze, even though I'm standing in nice warm water, the, the air gets a little chilly, even though it, like just a few feet away from the actual water's edge, it's quite a bit warmer. You know, these days there's microclimates and in my neighborhood, it's very humid. Down the street, it's not as humid, weirdly enough. There's like microclimates even in the city. It's just the way uh, things are set up here. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's not, not set up by the humans. It's just the way that it, it just ended up being. You know, there's a lot of, the microclimates are a wild thing. I love it. But um, yeah, I mean, maybe you want to color in a coloring book. Go get yourself a coloring book. Get it. You might be a discounted Halloween one out. I used to always love the Charlie Brown Halloween coloring books because they're adorable. Linus sitting in the pumpkin patch and <laughs> Lucy wearing a witch's hat. I always thought that they were adorable. I used to color with my kids and when they were really little and I really enjoyed it. And they were like, used to like to color as an adult. Like I really do. Sometimes it's enjoyable and, uh, it kind of relieves stress, you know, kind of brings you back literally to a simpler time. And I was thinking today about simpler times and I was thinking about Thanksgiving yesterday and happy Thanksgiving to my listeners in the United States. I was thinking about the things I'm grateful for and I was thinking about things that make me happy. I was thinking about how I base my happiness on literally the simplest things. Uh, one day I was tired of basing my happiness on whether or not I'm in a relationship, whether or not I have money, whether or not all my bills were paid, whether or not I had a car, whether or not I could walk, whether or not I was overweight. You know what I mean? Like I was basing my happiness levels on like wildly and grossly exaggerated concepts, many of which were completely out of my control. And I was unhappy most of the time. You know, you can't force someone to love you. You can't force someone to be in a relationship with you. You cannot force someone to stay. I mean, you can, but those ways are usually illegal. <laughs> yeah, so don't do those things. But I feel like I was doing it all wrong. You know, my happiness factor was based on some massive concepts. Like when I bought my house, I was like, okay, I'm happy because I have a house. I live here. It's my house. Then I had to leave the house because of some things that went down in the city, in the neighborhood. And it was like, oh my God, I'll come back and live here later. It'll be a few years. And then I never did because I knew how expensive it was to live there. And I didn't, I still don't have a job and, and I've been trying for two years to put my, get my shit together enough mentally and emotionally so that I can have it all and I can actually have my, you know, everything, you know, put together. But I, I've been very lucky. My, 
my uncle, may he rest in peace, left me some money and I was able to, for the past, you know, almost three years now, I was able to, well, I guess it's like been two, two and a half years, but I've been able to, um, work through a lot of stuff emotionally and mentally and do some serious in the past six months, serious detoxing. That's what I've spent my money on is just getting healthy physically and mentally and emotionally and really going deep, being very alone, very isolated, but in order to heal. And like a baby deer who's been wounded in the woods, they wander off and lick their wounds until they feel better and then they could come back and you know into the herd of deer i don't know if you know the animals tend to do that i don't know if deer do that actually i know dogs do that i think cats do that i think a lot of animals do that though where they will like tend to their wounds alone and that's kind of what i've been doing you know i've been tending to my wounds alone and i'm now emerging again and i'm <sighs> becoming more normal again if that's I hate that word I don't mean it and plus I'm not normal I'm a very eccentric person but I don't mean uh I don't mean normal normal but I just I'm always going to be neuro spicy <laughs> but I feel like this cocoon has cracked during Scorpio season for me and, and now I'm emerging and I'm a beautiful butterfly, <laughs> a social butterfly. I, you guys, I've been invited to a party. I'm going to a party tomorrow. It's called a Friendsgiving, a Thanksgiving for friends. And I don't know any of these people <laughs> yet. You know, I mean, a stranger is a friend you haven't met yet. That's my father's policy. May he rest in peace. I mean, it's been weird. I, I, um, I was really grateful that I got, I'm very thankful that I got invited to a Friendsgiving. I'm like, oh, this is going to be cool. I don't know what to expect. You know, um, I met a, a couple in the grocery store about a month ago and they were very, very sweet people. And we all got along really well and we were laughing our asses off together and they're stoners like me and they think like me. We have similar mindsets even though they're like maybe in their um, mid to late 20s. Um, they're a married couple and they're really cool people and I'm like, I really like these people. They got a nice vibe. They're very sweet. Um, the husband is an ordained minister also. And, um, I think he even might be a doctor of divinity like I am. Yeah. So, so they're spiritual, they're cool, they're chill, they're, you know, open-minded obviously. So it's been kind of neat. I'm like, yeah, this is, I, I like this. This is cool. I like this idea. And, um, they asked me to make the stuffing. I'm like, I don't even have an oven and I don't really know how to make it unless it's from a box like stovetop stuffing box. Like, I don't know how to do it. And she said, well, you know what? Don't worry about it. I'm going to make it. I, I think I could figure it out. 
I'm like, okay, I mean, I could look up recipes and figure it out. But she's like, you know what? Instead, why don't you just bring like the silverware and the plates? And I'm like, I hope it's okay that's going to be like plastic silverware and plastic plates because, you know, I honestly can't. Um, I have like two forks, two bowls, and one spoon. <laughs> Uh, and one of the bowls is like got a gnarly chip on the side and I keep painting it with nail polish. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's like probably not the healthiest bowl, you know, um, never, I'm not going to open up a restaurant anytime soon. That's for damn sure. But, uh, <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not really equipped to receive company. It's very strange. <laughs> the taxi driver asked me if I'm going to go buy groceries and come home and make dinner and then invite him over for dinner. And I'm like, I only have like one plate, dude. I literally I have one plate and two bowls and, you know, two forks and a spoon. Like, I don't even have, I'm like, I only have like one spoon, so... Like, we can't take turns eating off the one spoon, so no, you know, and, he, and then he was like, disposables, and he was like laughing, like, you know, disposable plates and stuff. I'm like, oh my God, that's so weird. That's what I'm going to buy in the store, and I didn't tell him that. You know, it was just very strange. But he he was all enamored with me. He thought I was pretty, and I was like, oh. And my Chinese food delivery well, he's not just a delivery guy. He's the chef, the actual chef, chef, chef. How do I say this word? Suddenly I don't know how to say it. He's a chef and he's very sweet and he's so good. His food is so freaking good. And um, I ordered it this week and something weird happened with that. He came and hugged me so grateful that I ordered and hugged me, hugged me, hugged me. And then, um, he was all smiles and bashful and shy. And, and we we're all socially awkward. Cause he's like me. He's very introverted. He always wears crystals. And so I think he's really spiritual and, um, might be one of the reasons he left China. Cause he wanted to express himself spiritually. Maybe I'm not sure. I don't know much about him, honestly, other than his food is really good and he's extremely shy. But every time we see each other, he always hugs me. And when I order food, he'll hug me and then give me the food and I give him the money and then he hugs me again and then he leaves. And it's a nice, sweet, heartfelt, wholesome, like loving friendship kind of hug. And I'm like, oh, I love that so much. And uh, he's such a sweet person. And you know, because like nobody, none of the other delivery guys hug me, right? I mean, why would they? That'd be really weird. I don't know them, right? But um, but his name is Wen, W-E-N, Wen. And Wen is, I think he told me Juan in Spanish. And he's like laughing about it because it's obviously not his name. But, um, but yeah, Wen, you know, he's just like super sweet. And his food is really, really good. And healthy too. And he um, he he told me I look younger than from the day he first met me. And he was in shock. He was like, "Whoa, you look so much younger today 
this is the youngest you've ever looked since I met you. And I'm like, really? And I told him I was sick for two weeks and he looked so sad. Like he was almost going to cry. He's like super emotional. And I love that about him too. And he, <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was really sick for a couple of weeks and I was in bed sleeping almost all day long. And apparently it makes me younger. <laughs> and he like felt so bad that when he hugged me, he kissed me on my third eye. Okay. He kissed me on my third eye. And I know that sounds really strange. And it was like, I felt this heartfelt rush of just pure love. Like he's just a loving, beautiful human being. And so, you know, we hugged again. It was all a little bit sweet, a little bit awkward, you know, always like how it is. Anyway, he leaves. And then later in the night, I'm like laying here telepathing with my twin flame. We're just having like a conversation and I started to fall asleep and I feel Wen's energy with me. And I'm like, what? Whoa. And he was meditating after he closed. And I realized it was like, well, I know he closes his restaurant at 11. And he probably cleans up till about 11, 30, 12. And that was about the time I went to bed, which was weirdly enough, not normally when I go to bed, it's when I aim for, and I end up getting into bed around five to six to seven to eight or nine. <laughs> Some days, you know, I, I'm a complete failure at keeping a regular bedtime that's normal, like the rest of the world. <laughs> but I went to bed early that night and, and I felt his energy and he was smiling and he was happy and I think he might be a spiritual master, guys, like, or he's close. He's a saint, maybe, because his energy is so incredible. And I felt him and it was like he came to me and he was just like, I love you. And I loved hugging you. And I'm happy to know you. And and just thank you. And And, and he just had this joy and I saw him like he was standing before me, but then I also saw him in this room with soft pastel colors. And I saw him meditating and like, um, you know, on the ground, like a yoga pose and just meditating. And I saw him smiling so big, all of his teeth were showing and he was just in this intense, blissful state. And I was like, oh my God. I always felt like he was a meditator, but he showed me what he was doing. You know, he wanted to come to me and he said, and he pulled at my third eye and it felt like it, it, it like this energy, like hooked me in my third eye for a minute, not in a bad way, but just like a yank, ha ha ha, got your third eye, you know, like you do to a baby, ha, got your nose. And he kind of did that energy to me. I'm like, What? That was, I've never experienced that before. That was weird. And uh, I was like telling my twin flame and telepathy about him. Like, yeah, this thing just happened. He's like, does, does this guy like you? I'm like, he might like me, actually. He might like me like me. But he's like, do you like him like that? I'm like, of course I do not. Although he's got such a cute personality. I don't think he's a good looking guy. I can't really tell because his energy is so beautiful. And this is the problem I've had with a lot of people I've dated. Like, you know, like their their energy is beautiful and I don't see what they look like. And then later when I'm not so enamored with them, I go, oh, <laughs> I 
wow, this person's really ugly. That's weird. But that's you, but what's funny about that to me is when they show their beautiful energy and then later show their ugly side, they look ugly to me. And they probably don't look ugly in general, but I see them a lot uglier than they are because I see the energy that makes them ugly. I don't know how to explain it, but it's just... And I remember thinking when the first time I saw my ex-boyfriend look ugly and it was at a specific angle and I was like, oh my God, like that's not a face I could have looked at for more than two seconds without uh, getting really scared, really nervous, you know, my autism kicking in. <laughs> I'm like, can't look at that, can't look at that, gotta look away, I'm freaking out. <laughs> and it was just like at one weird angle and then I, you know, and I've noticed that about my own face when I see my face in certain angles, I'm like, oh, oh yeah, I'm not very good looking at all. But there, there's a saying, you know, people have their ugly side. And, um, and I know that what that means really is the, the internal ugliness, like, you know, like freaking out, screaming at people, you know, like that Karen licking the door during the pandemic <laughs> when she's going to the convenience store and, and acting like she's a zombie. <laughs> I think she was on something. Yeah, I think it was just some crazy person, but it was on uh, uh, the Daily Show with... Um, Trevor Noah. And it was just like crazy though. I was just like, I don't know. Like sometimes I've like, wow, this person's so good looking. They're so good looking. They're so good looking. And then I see them from a certain angle. And I don't think it's just that I'm seeing, I think I'm seeing their ugliness inside come out and we all have it. You know, we all have an ugly side not like a physically ugly necessarily, but like, um, but it makes us physically ugly for a split second sometimes. I don't know. It's kind of a weird thing. But anyway, but so I don't know. It's, I'm like laughing about it because I'm like, this guy might be ugly for all I know. Because every time I see him, all I could see is his radiating beauty. Like somebody did ask me, is he good looking? I'm like, I don't think he is. Honestly, I don't think he is. But it doesn't matter because the beauty... I see from him, it's like his aura is so bright, I can't even see his face. Plus, I have face amnesia, so I don't fucking know. I do have face amnesia. I just don't. I can't. I don't register people's faces. I have to, like, seriously memorize somebody's face to see them. To actually see them. And it's funny. Like, I've known people that I've known for, like, 20 years. And every time I'm going to meet with them... I don't fucking remember what they look like. There are people in my life like that. Couldn't pick them out of a lineup. And this is someone I've spent hours and hours and hours with several someones. You know, in fact, most of the people in my life or that I've known, it's not because I'm being self-centered or whatever. It's like some form of, I don't know if it's ADHD. I don't know if it's autism. I don't know. It's just something with my brain, the way it just, it's like I will register something if it's, somebody has something very interesting about them. Like if their nose is really strangely shaped or their eyes curve up at the, on the sides, or if there's something super weird or super unique about someone's face, then I remember their face. It doesn't have to be an ugly thing or, or weird necessarily, but weird to me and weird enough for my brain to take note of it. Otherwise my brain just doesn't remember people's eyes or people's like, I'll remember their eyes maybe, but not the rest of their face. And then like later I'll go, wow, 
their noses, like if I actually look at their nose or their lips, they look actually different than what I thought they looked like. It's so strange how my brain does this. So, yes, yeah, so it's like, I don't know if someone's ugly or not. I really just don't know. I mean, I'm mostly paying attention to their attitude, their behavior, their conversation, their way of being in the world, whether they're awkward or they're uh, an interesting person to discuss world events with or spiritual concepts with or whatever. Like if someone's really interesting, they're more attractive to me. And it's like funny, like my first husband, I wasn't sure if he was good looking or not because people would always ask, oh, is he good looking? It's like, I don't know. Like, I know his face right now. I could think of his face right now. He had a very interesting face, and he had a tattoo on his head because he was bald. I'm like, oh, that's a cool idea. I always thought if I was ever bald, I would, you know, (laughs) I would get a tattoo on my head too. It's cool. I love tattoos. So, yeah, that's kind of neat. But, um, yeah, it was just weird. Like, I don't know. He's, um, his face is still etched in there. My second husband... I can remember most of his face, or I can kind of remember his face, and this is weird. I was married to that man for 13 years, but the guy I was married to for nine months, I still have his face in my mind because he had such a unique look to him. And it wasn't until after we broke up that someone came up to him and told him he was really good looking. And he was like, you never told me you're really good looking. I'm like, I don't know if you are or not. I thought you were cute. You're cute to me. I think you're good looking. You're not ugly. But I can't tell. I don't know. I don't know what to base it on. I think I get confused by that. Anyway, (laughs) it's just like my brain is like this overthinker, you know. Like I know some people in this world, like you see them and you're like, well, Mario Van Peoples, he's Peoples or Peebles. He's fucking beautiful, right? He's... Holy shit, beautiful. And even today, in his older age, he's, a, he's like about my age, a couple years older maybe. He's gorgeous. Like, fuck, this guy, damn. He, I, his mind is, his, his face is in my mind. I could see his face in my, I could, you know, I, I would pick him out of a lineup. But because of his dimples, you know, and he's got a certain roundness to his cheeks when he smiles a certain way. And he always smiles that way because he's always so loving and happy especially when he does his little videos with his children and his wife. And I just think that's really, and that makes him attractive to me because he's a wholesome person. He's very sweet. And because he loves other people and they love him back, to me, that's an attractive quality. So that, so that makes him a good-looking person. You know, if he was a jerk and treated people like crap but still had that beautiful face, I would be like, he's not very good-looking, right? So I always base my attractiveness meter on usually about what people do and how they act and their energy and their aura. And it's like so funny because this guy, he's so sweet. He's just loving beyond loving. And it's like comfortable, you know, to be around him because of that. A part of me wants to go walking down to his restaurant and actually hang out with them, but I'm kind of like, 
awkward and socially strange about it. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe I've, I've come out of my cocoon enough to commit to going to this party tomorrow. Maybe I'm going to come out of my cocoon enough to actually really and truly socially interact with a lot more people. <laughs> I know every time I go to pay my electric bill, I'm running into three, four people that know me now, and they're all going to hug me. I met a guy on the street and we're talking and walking for like six blocks. And then he turned and hugged me. And I was like, whoa, people here are really loving and sweet and open hearted. Um, a lot of people are not that way here, but it's, it's part of the culture, I think, to be huggers. So I moved to a country of huggers and it's kind of sweet, actually. Anyway, I was going to tell you guys about some stuff. Um... First of all, say a little prayer for Miss Knowledge Ravensbell because she can't go outside this weekend because the owner is here and the owner doesn't like pets in the yard. And it's funny because everyone's pets are in the yard when, when I mean, my cat, you know, chases the dogs away from her yard, but um, but my cat's always in the yard. She's always like asking me to go out and walks around and then comes back inside. And she's knowledge Ravenspell is a little mad. She's eating a cardboard box right now. She's literally biting her little pizza box. I let, I got for her so she could lay down on it. Cause I had thrown away all of her other pizza boxes from the other place. And I'll throw this one away too in a few days when she's you know, done with it. <laughs> she loves to lay on it. It's like her own little piece of the world, right? But she, um, and she has like cubby holes and things that I bought there permanent, like cat related things. And she doesn't like it as much as the pizza box, of course. But she's um, kind of miffed and a little mad. And I'm like, it's not my fault, baby girl. It's really not my fault. It's the owner and nobody can put their animal in the yard when the owner is around. So we have to hide our animals, which is really strange. So, which makes me also believe that this, this guy, the manager of the building is letting people live here with animals, even though he was maybe told not to. <laughs> I don't think he cares like one way or the other. And I think, I don't know if it's like not allowed. I don't think no, there's a no pet policy here, but we're just not allowed to have them in the yard and, so as soon as she leaves, like on, you know, tomorrow or Sunday or whatever, then we the cats can go back in the yard and the, well, the cat, my cat, and then the dog. There's like one or two dogs upstairs in the second and third floor. And it's like, yeah, all right, well, they can let their dogs out as soon as. But um, it's been a really strange week. Also, I burned my hand. I burned my hand about, a, about six days ago and I, I burned it. And then an hour later, I burned it again. Like the same day, like I burned it and then I burned it again in the exact same place, like a second degree burn, like, you know, like it like scabbed over and everything, like, like it was bleeding a little bit. <laughs> I just, I touched it to a pan that was, was like, in order to shut off the burner, um, when I turned my hand, it touched the pan and I, I didn't think about it. And I did that twice in a row. <laughs> I'm like, what? I'm so dumb sometimes, dude. I burned it. And then it, it kind of like, like scabbed over a little bit. And then I burned it again. 
and I had to wait for it to scab over again. Like it was like so gross. And it, and it's on the same exact place where I got my tattoo on my other hand. So I don't know if that means anything, but I thought that was weird. I've been burned twice by ex-husbands, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know if it means something like that or not, but yeah, anyway. So um, I'm going to tell you guys some weird shit that's happened with my twin flame, but first I'm going to tell you a dream that I had. I had a venting dream. And in this venting dream, I'm, I'm going to read to you what I wrote down. With a group of people going super fast in the cold on a wagon being pulled by a truck. Now this looked like, um, it was kind of like dark right before the sun rose. You know, so it was right, the, you know how it's always darkest before the dawn? We got on this thing in the darkest part of the night, right? So we had to hold on tight and I had to hold on tight to my pillow and my sheet so it wouldn't fly out and get lost on the highway. Cause we're going like, we're speeding down this highway. We're on this plains, like this area where it's plains and it was cold and like frozen tundra. And says we were on a highway at night. It was very cold, snowy and dark. I kept thinking, we are in Alaska. They were all holding on to their stuff, all the people in the wagon with me. And they were holding on for dear life. I mean, it was blowing. The wind was blowing in general. And then because we're going so fast, barreling down the highway in this little trailer being pulled by a truck, with not, it wasn't, there's not, no cover. <laughs> it was just, I think we were laying on hay and the hay was flying out. I mean, it was some crazy stuff, ma'am. And it felt real, like it was 100% real, even though it wasn't. It was a venting dream, but it felt real in the dream. It was a really vivid dream. And I felt cold. I was probably cold in my actual room, right? I probably kicked off my covers again. And I've been sleeping with, I, I put my air conditioner on for an hour before I fall asleep. And then if I wake up, you know, about four or five in the morning, if it's still if it's still warm in here, I will turn it on for a half hour. And I, luckily I've got a timer to it. It's really cool. I love my air conditioner. And um, so, you know, I, I, so that might've might been influential, right? You know, your room, your environment sometimes influences your dreams. And so we're all holding on to our stuff for dear life. Then later uh, the sun rose and it was sunny and we were going really slow because now we're in town. And the pretty colors in the town were so bright and so cheerful. And I was scared, though, that I was having memory loss and that I had maybe Alzheimer's. And I was thinking that I won't remember all my memories and I won't and I and won't feel sorry for leaving soon. And I kept thinking I was going to die. I looked down at my arm and I was old. I was very, very old in my dream. I was like, my skin was all wrinkly, right? My arms were covered in weird, small raised spots. And I didn't know if they were age spots or cancer. I woke up scared, but I was also grateful because I was able to have um, gotten rid of my subconscious fears because I immediately realized, oh shit, well, obviously I'm not, you know, like a 90 year old, so 
you know, I mean, my arm looked like it was 90 years old. <laughs> you know? It wasn't from that cold because cold doesn't do that to you. If anything, your skin would shrink and not wrinkle up. Right. So it wasn't from that. But uh, I was very, very, I was like the oldest person in that, in that little, um, you know, trailer. And so I was like, whoa. And then I'm like, oh, well, duh, look at the time of day. It was like right before I woke up at the end of my night, which, you know, was like around nine in the morning or something. And I'm like, so yeah, this is, this is definitely, definitely a venting dream. So I was immediately grateful because it was a venting dream. <laughs> I'm glad I got rid of those subconscious fears. So then I spent the next two hours analyzing the dream. Like, what was I afraid of in the dream? And what was I worried about? So I wanted to give you, this is yet another example, so that you guys could help yourself when you do, when you have a venting dream. You know, this is how it works, right? And this is what you have to look at. So, you know, you look at every aspect of what all the elements of the dream were, all the things you remembered. So I realized, holy moly, this is a classic venting dream. What did I vent out? Fear of life going by too fast. Fear of not being in control. Fear of losing what little I have, my blanket and my pillow. <laughs> Um, fear of being around people who don't care if I lose any of my things or lose my life or lose myself and people who don't care about me just being around people who like literally they could care less about me in the dream like they wouldn't look my way they wouldn't talk to me I would like try to reach out and talk to them and they would act like I don't exist or I'm not really there, or like they couldn't hear me, even though they could hear each other when they were speaking in lower hushed tones. And I'm like, oh, okay, I see how it is. Yeah, they're they're like lying about being able to hear me. So it was, ah, you know, not being respected. That was part of it. Um, fear of not being respected, fear of not being loved or even liked or even acknowledged. Um so uh, fear of not being in control because somebody else is driving, fear of where I'm going and how my life is going, fear of memory loss, fear of Alzheimer's, fear of cancer, fear of skin cancer, fear of being old and fear of being ugly. <laughs> I don't want to look ugly, so I had a fear about that. So anyway, so that's how a venting dream works. You know, you just start listing all the things that were elements in the dream that was none too pleasant for you to uh, think about the first time in the dream and the second time when you're thinking about it. Like, ooh, I didn't like that. Ooh, what is that? I don't like have wrinkle, having wrinkles on my arm. Ugh. You know, <laughs> what was that? <laughs> you know, I, I, I did not have a fear of death. <laughs> of course not. But I, then I was kind of welcoming it, actually. I was like, I'm okay. I'm welcoming it now. And I was accepting the fact that I wasn't going to be around much longer and I didn't give a flying rat's ass. It was okay. <laughs> it was a very strange dream. Anyway, so now I'm going to go into some stuff that happened to me uh, about, okay, okay, this part isn't about my twin flame yet, but this is about my, um, 
Well, I'm just going to read it to you. September 24th, this happened. 3 o'clock in the morning. You know, just so everyone's asleep in the building. And I went out onto the patio. And I was just disgusted at how dirty it was. Um, you know, there's uh, construction going on next door. And there's cement dust in the air and just dirt in the air. And, like, I mean, there was, like, so many pieces of styrofoam all over my yard. Because everything blows into my yard and they clean the upper yard and then they use the hose. And I think a lot of things just fly into my yard automatically. So I end up with people's like just bags that they drop. It's not, people here are not terribly dirty. It's just that it's very windy here. So if somebody drops something, it just takes off in the wind. And and usually they've got little kids. They've got other things to contend with, like other bags of groceries to get in the house. So, you know, it's like nobody's, you know, no one's like lazy or on purpose. You know, the only pr- people throwing stuff into my yard on purpose is uh, the little kids in, in the second floor. They like to throw toys into my yard and then they go, gatita, gatita, gata, gatita, because they want my cat, my little cat to have the toys to play with. And it's incredibly sweet and quite a bit dangerous. I have a pink ball in my yard. <laughs> and one day the kids drew chick like a chicken or a, a bird. They drew birds on balloons and, and dropped it into our yard. <laughs> like little bird bombs <laughs> because they thought my cat would like to play with the balloon and, and attack the birds. So they're incredibly cute. <laughs> really, really sweet kids. So, you know, like <laughs> there's been a lot of toys dropped in this yard in the past couple weeks. <laughs> but, um, so Anyway, so three o'clock in the morning, went out into the patio and it was, I was disgusted at how dirty it was. It's like because of all the dust and the construction, it's just a dirty, dirty thing. And uh, I literally said out loud, tomorrow I want this trash gone and I want this patio cleaned. And it would be so nice to have plants again in this yard because she had taken the plants out and something beautiful to look at. And I need something nice for my twin flame to look at when he comes to be with me. Now, I don't know. Did I tell you guys this? I have a list of things that, and then I put a check mark by, and this is like lower on the list. I think I might've actually said something about this story the other day. Cause I was talking about manifestation. So sorry for the repeat on that, but I didn't read to you the words of this because, um, I wasn't there yet on the list, but Anyway, I just said it out loud to no one in particular. And the last half of what I said might have been directly at the cat because she was there looking at me. But I never said I was going to be the one to do it. I just said that I needed to do it. I needed to have it done. And then the next day, the lady came in the yard without asking permission. Or I mean, with asking permission. And she cleaned the yard, brought five brand new plants, and they're very beautiful to look at. And I was kind of like, whoa. (laughs) I'm like the girl in the basement, you know what I mean? You have to go down eight or nine stairs to get into the patio. And it's relatively private overall. You know, people could see in if I'm like outside in the yard or in my kitchen or whatever. Because it's not that big of 
a place, but it's mostly private, you know, and I love that about this. But uh, <laughs> this instant manifestation literally happened within 12 hours of my patio being cleaned and the plants being put there. And it blew my mind. The instant manifestation blew my mind. So, and I think, I don't know, I might have actually said this. So, um, this other story I'm not going to go into. It's a little annoying. Um, da, 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 da. I'm, okay, let's see. Now, I wrote it and I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to go over that. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not going to read these. I'm just going to tell you guys this because this is so strange. So my um, twin flame, his energy has been with me a lot. And I know he smokes because I've smelled cigarettes around me um, a lot. Um, and I don't smoke. So when I'm like in my house and everything's closed up and suddenly there's cigarettes in my mouth and I smelled it and taste it. And so that's been happening. And I saw his ash one day. I felt him behind me and he said, Buenas tardes in a really strong, like North Mexican accent. And he was like joking around. He goes, Buenas tardes. And he said, like super loud. And I jumped, whipped around, looked, looked everywhere, and nobody's here. And I'm like, oh, what? I got really scared, went in the house. Like that might might have been a demon. What the hell? <laughs> what the hell? What the actual hell? And then later in the afternoon, and I was, again, out there, and I was just doing, I think I was calling the cat, really. And but I started to think about him, and I felt him behind me. I felt him like he was hugging me behind me. And I heard him say, buenas tardes. And not in my mind, in telepathy, but like out loud, on the patio. Like there's a man standing there with me. I'm like, I whipped around so fast. I'm looking up on the wall, and he's no, he's nowhere. He's not there. I, I don't know what the, what the hell's going on. Later, after that happened, I went outside and there was an ash, a cigarette ash, really long, like an inch long cigarette ash on the table where I had just been standing like hours before. And when I'm in the house, I'm looking out on the patio. It's nine steps down. There's no way people come into my yard. And if they had flicked an ash from the second floor, there's no way it's going to land and be in one piece makes zero sense. So I'm like, that was fucking weird. Um, so things like that have been happening. I was talking to a friend of mine on a video chat and my twin flames, uh, face appeared like behind me. Like he was looking through the window. That's like, I have a window between my, uh, kitchen and my bedroom and you know, like a cutout in the wall. And cause it's just like a really tiny studio place. And the, um, there's plants there. And all of a sudden she saw his face between the plants looking at her and he smiled at her and she was like, Oh my God, I see your twin flame. Holy shit. He's smiling at me. And she's like, I gotta go. Well, it happened again this week, a few days ago. <laughs> Where He's like, up here. I felt his energy and I felt him behind me and I went, Oh my God. You know, I'm thinking, Oh, I gotta go. Cause I feel him with me. I want to have a tele telepathy session with him. Well, he appeared to my friend. Like he was his, he was here in his ethereal body. 
And my, uh, my girlfriend Rita and I were talking about the ethereal body. She's been experiencing a lot of things. I'm not going to go into it, but she's been experiencing a lot of things in her ethereal body where she's flying to her twin flame who's in the fifth dimension and she's in the third, but they know they're going to be together when we're all in the fifth, right? Which is just when you raise your vibration up enough, you know, you could kind of meet people that are already there in the fifth dimension, which is pretty darned cool. And we're all in that uh, boat right now, basically. We're all trying to lift up our energy and just embrace love and let go of fear and heal ourselves emotionally, which is what raises our vibration so that we can be there. And we were having a conversation and she's like, I'm so confused about this ethereal body thing. Like, is it inside our body, but how can it go out? And what's, you know, I'm like, yeah, it is confusing. And I was thinking this stuff too, when I was uh, like first learning about this, that, that, because I know our astral body, we astral project in the fourth dimension. And so it's not really inside our body, but I told her you could look at it. She looks at it like layers of an onion. Like it's just like your physical body. And then all the other things are like layers on top. You could look at it that way. Or um, like at Halloween, when a little kid wants to go to, as a ghost and they put a sheet over their body our, it's like our mental body is like that, but it's just kind of a tighter fitting, you know, more form fitting sheet, you know? And so it might be like our mental and then our emotional or our emotional, then our mental, and then our, you know, ethereal and then our astral body possibly. I don't know. It might be ethereal first. I don't know, but they're like overlaid on top of each other, like stacks of paper plates on top of each other but it somehow is molded around our body and it's in the shape of our body and it looks like us. So in the astral, when people see us, they know it's us, right? Because it can look like us. Although I think we could change it in the astral because we have more powers or we actually have powers in the fourth dimension in that density. And in the fifth, we will also, even though it's more of a physicality, a dimension of physicality. So it was just something that we were having a conversation about a couple hours ago and we were really um, wondering about it and talking about it. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's all, all these things are new concepts for me. I've never really heard anyone talk about it or mention it as much as I have um, because I've explored with it more. And I, and I travel in my ethereal body and also in my astral body. You could travel to, you could be in three different places at once, guys. You could be in your physical body, asleep in your bed, astral projecting in your astral body and your ethereal body might be, you know, in a different constellation or galaxy or on another continent here on earth. You could send your ethereal body to go check up on someone. I've, I've felt people in the room with me, like they're here. I don't know how they're here, but they're here. And it's not always in an, when it feels like they're physically touching you, I think that's the ethereal body. And that's what we were kind of discussing. I think it's more of that's the ethereal. It's very weird, but there you go. And in the astral, you could fly, you can run on water and you can jump and you can swim in the ocean with the dolphins and the whales and you could, you know, and you could fly and you can, you know, go and sit on the moon. Like the astral, it's a lot more fantastical, like you're, like you're more in a fantasy world. And I think that the ethereal is more solid and dense. It's almost like, 
it's, I don't know, it's like kind of halfway between our physical body and our astral body. So there is still some physicality to it. So when my friend has sent her body to um, the med ships for the Pleiadians to get healed, her physical body ended up being healed, but she sent her ethereal body up there and she felt it like she was physically there. <laughs> and, and it was confusing because it's like, I know my physical body was on that ship, but I also know that I was on that ship and it felt real. You know, I felt hot or I felt cold or I, you know, it, you know, I, someone hugged me and I felt it and I woke up and I felt like their arms were still around me because that energy was there. You know, I think that the, our ethereal body is kind of halfway between physicality and the astral. I, it, I, I can't, I don't know. I don't have any backup. I don't have any books I can point you guys to, but it's something that has really been becoming into my field of awareness a lot more, um, in the past, like three, four months. And I just wanted to mention it. <laughs> And I think this is how my twin flame can uh, taste my food tonight. I was eating and I haven't had peanut butter in three years. And I bought Jif peanut butters on sale for $4.50. Normally it's $8 for the smallest jar because it's an import. And $4.50, I bought the natural Jif. And I bought a thing of uh, Gustadina, Ecuadorian brand, jelly, uh, strawberry jelly, but it has chunks of strawberries in it. It's freaking good. Haven't had that in over like two and a half, three years. And so I'm sitting here, I'm eating a peanut butter and jelly croissant, right? It's not normal. Usually I, I would, you would eat that on bread, right? So I'm sitting here just do, 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 do all by myself. And my twin flame all of a sudden says, wait a minute, I could kind of smell something. I could kind of taste something, but I kind of can't, but I feel it in my mouth. Like I just ate a bite of something and it's puffy and it's kind of special. Like what did he call it? A, a, a delicacy, like a dessert based delicacy, but the flavor isn't matching that idea. I'm confused. What the hell are you eating? And this is an art telepathy, right? I'm like, I'm eating a peanut butter and jelly. And he goes, yeah, I kind of got that, but I kind of can't taste it or smell it. I go, neither can I, because I've had COVID for three weeks. He goes, oh my God. He's like, so yeah, it's like, I was kind of barely making out the taste and the smell of it, but the density, like it was inside my mouth, like filled my whole mouth because it's a thick croissant, right? And I'm like, well, it's on a croissant. And he's like, why are you doing that? That's so confusing. He's like, it's so weird. So yeah, I've been having a lot of experiences with him and they're newer experience. Like he's physically feeling my food in his mouth, not just tasting the essence of my food. That's something brand spanking new for us. All of this stuff hearing his voice out loud next to my head, all of it, it's brand new for us, right? So all these things. So I don't know. I think if, if it's happening for me, it's probably happening for you guys who are on the Twin Flame journey 
And if it is, I think it means we're getting ready to be with our people, our, our significant person, you know, our significant other, our specific person. So I, yeah, I just wanted to mention that just because it's weird. And <laughs> I've been going through all these wild things with him. Like, whoa. I feel like it's going to be any day now. And, and a, weird, a weird thing happened today, too. I saw a man, a very tall man, who spoke to me in English, and he looked American, and he had, like, all this motorcycle gear on. Like, he was just been living out in the boonies or something, but he had an energy of a bodyguard. It was weird. I have that energy I've not felt in a long time. And I was like, well, my, my person, he is famous and he does have a bodyguard that travels with him all the time. Not the same guy. It wasn't him at all. I'm not saying that, but that energy of a, of a bodyguard. And he's like, hello. And I was like, he's trying to be friendly, but bodyguards don't have a friendly energy. They have to be bodyguards. They have to be on guard all the time. And I felt that energy from him. I'm like, I don't know what the deal is with this guy. There's something shady or he's a bodyguard. He might just be a bodyguard, right? We had that energy, and I'm like, this is weird. And it made me think, I'm going to have a person around me, because he's around my 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 uh, twin flame, who has this kind of an energy, maybe. Like, that was an interesting concept today that I randomly thought. <laughs> anyway, so those are some of the in-between season happenings that were interesting and the weird, weird world of twin flames and the knowledge raven spell report um i saw a tuft of hair like she had been grooming herself a lot in the bathroom and she has been seen on the toilet lately i mean like with the seat not, i mean the seat down but also the lid down she's seen on top of the lid um and she does that to meet me in the morning like she runs in there and hops up on the toilet and i have to kiss her and hug her and hold her before i could go to the bathroom <sighs> So fun. <laughs> but I saw like what looked like hair, like a, a, a clump of hair, but like, like she'd been grooming herself in there and, and it was like gathering and I went to sweep it up and there was a dead, it was a dead baby bird. I'm like, dude, third fucking, she's killing off the whole nest of birds. This is the third one. I'm like, why the hell are they kicking their, their little birds? She can't reach the nest, but they're kicking them out early, trying to get them to fly, and they're not fucking flying. I don't know what's wrong with these, these bird parents, but this is not effective. And my cat's like, mmm, delicious bird, you know? <laughs> uh, so I literally swept up a, a, a dead bird yesterday. I'm like, oh, my God. But... um. But she's been happy about that. She's thrilled to the teeth about that. And she's sharpening her teeth on this cardboard box because she's ready, ready for the next bird. <laughs> I mean, we're in bird season now. We were in gecko season. There's no more geckos running around. She probably ate them all. I caught her today trying to eat a spider. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if that's poisonous or not. You probably shouldn't eat that. And she's like trying to, you know, reach for it. Caught her grabbing at a... a aunt that had roamed in under the door today so she's doing she's earning her keep she's trying to keep the the creepy crawling critters out 
And so that's my knowledge Raven spell report. She's been sleeping with me a lot more too, cuddling me all night, purring a lot on me, hugging me a lot. If I try to move at all, she forces my head into my pillow because she's comfortable. <laughs> so anyway, there's that. So for those of you who love the kitty cat updates, there you go with your knowledge Raven spell report. So, all right, I'm going to take a quick break. And when I come back, I think I'm going to be channeling Ashtar Shirhan, who is the Pleiadian commander of the Galactic Federation of Light, which is like a small division of the Galactic Federation that particularly works with the Milky Way galaxy. And the Galactic Federation is like a small division of like a greater organization, apparently. But they've got a giant mothership and they've been sending a lot of their little tiny ships around the earth. And I honestly don't know what he's going to say. I don't even know if he knows we're going to channel him. But Prime Creator said, Ashtar Sharehan tonight. I'm like, okay, I'm going to channel Ashtar Sharehan. Now, I may do it tomorrow, but... When you guys are listening to this, it's going to be, you know, just for <laughs> a brief 10 second interval and then, and then the show will resume for you. But for me, it might not be until another 12 hours. But anyway, I'm probably going to go to bed now, honestly, because I've got my party, my friend's giving tomorrow at three. And so I'm hoping to get this out by Saturday night, which was like a week after the last time I let it out. And let the uh, last, <laughs> I released the hound of the last episode about one week ago tomorrow. So I think we're still okay. And um, anyway, I'm, I'm glad to hear from those of you who have contacted me in the past week. Thank you so much. Thank you for your well wishes, uh, especially about my, uh, um, you know, having COVID and whatever. And thank you for checking up on me. Many of you did. I just wanted to tell you, um, I'm really grateful for that. I'm thankful for you, all of you. I'm thankful to have all of you as listeners, and I'm grateful for this experience. It's been wonderful having this podcast. It's honestly been really a trip and really amazing, and it's been fun documenting my spiritual journey for you guys and helping you along your own spiritual journey. And remember that I'm not going to take the whole thing down. I mean, after this season's over in, in a month, um, you're still going to have 1,700 plus hours, 1,750 maybe hours of material to listen to. You can always go back. And I'm going to make announcements on this channel. So it's going to be when I am announcing books or maybe if I'm doing interviews on other podcasts, I will probably come on and do a quick little announcement here so that I'm not going to let go of the metaphysical soul speak, the podcast, uh, channel, uh, you know, like this, uh, show will still exist even after I'm no longer doing it actively. Just wanted to let you guys know that. And I will be turning in, uh, turning the material into a series of books. And I'll, so I, I will announce all of that. I'm going to Every step of the way, you guys are going to know. Anyway, there it is. I'm going to take a quick break, and I'll, I'll come back in a moment. And we're going to channel Ashtar Sharehan and see 
what the Pleiadians are up to right after this. Itty bitty, musical ditty, and a little tiny. We have a little bit of a little advertisement. Just basically about my TikTok info, just in case y'all want to uh <laughs> want to tune into my crazy things. Oh, oh, here's a knowledge Ravenspell report. I forgot to add to this. Um she has been sorted by the TikTok Harry Potter sorting hat. And Knowledge Raven Spell is a... Oh, yeah, it's supposed to be a drum roll. But anyway, <laughs> I don't have a drum. But she is Ravenclaw. <laughs> I mean, how perfect is that? Raven Spell, Ravenclaw. I mean, I could have named her Ravenclaw, I suppose. But no, she's a Raven Spell. <laughs> but I... It's adorable. It's up. You could go see that on TikTok. And well, here away we go. I'll be right back. Hey guys, have you missed me? Have you missed hearing all of my wild and crazy stories? All the weird stuff that happens on the daily in my world? How are you going to find out all of this information, you ask? I'm on TikTok, guys. Yes, that's right. Go find me at Metaphysical Soul Speak to hear things about timeline hopping, glitch in the matrix, goo, ghosts that show up, and also knowledge raven spell news don't delay go check me out at metaphysical soul speak on tiktok today Well, that took more than a few minutes. <laughs> oh my God, I'm recording this on Monday. I started the show on Friday and I this is the first time I've been able to actually physically speak since um, Saturday. Um, I went to my Friendsgiving and met a bunch of new people that I didn't know before. And the person who invited me was there and her husband is neurodivergent and stayed home. And I'm like, you guys were the only two people I knew and he didn't even come. And I guess because he's super shy and he gets super overloaded. And I'm like, I would have sat in the corner and talked to him all day, you know, like he and I got along really well. But she's like, that would have been perfect. But, you know, and she said, well, and I said, but I'm neurodivergent. I'm neuro spicy, too. You know, you know, a little bit, it affects me uh, once in a while. And she said, well, there's places to go. And she showed me all the rooms I could go in case I needed to have a time out from all the overstimulation. I'm like, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I'll be tired tomorrow, but I'll be okay today. And I had no idea how tired I would be. You guys, I've not been around this many people in so long. And it was nice. It was good. Um, I spoke to a few people. Most of the time I just sat by myself and kind of, you know, soaked it all in. And, it, you know, it was really overwhelming. 
you know, the lady had told me, oh, there's probably going to be about 10 or 12 people there. I mean, with all the kids and the animal, I mean, there was like 30 people there. And by animals, I mean, there were chickens in the living room. There were three dogs. There was a bunny rabbit, although two of the dogs were locked up in the back room because apparently they're too hyper. But um, only the pit bull, and pit bulls can be very mellow, and only the pity was allowed out, and that was cool. But he was more interested in eating turkey off the floor for <laughs> when people accidentally spilled. So he was like their vacuum cleaner. <laughs> but it was nice. I mean, the people that threw the party, they had um, five kids, and they're the ones with all the animals. And it was an interesting apartment. It used to be a hostel, so every bedroom had its own kitchen and bathroom. I'm like, that's really convenient with kids. Wow. Very strange, very interesting setup. And they're like, yeah, it was like 700 bucks for a four-bedroom place, but it's massive. It's really huge. It's this whole huge building. And um, they, when I got there, they're making a fried turkey out on the street because it could be dangerous. You know, I mean, there's, you know, you guys have seen the videos on Instagram. But it was my first time ever having a fried turkey. It was actually really, really good. And uh, brought some home to Knowledge Raven Spell. She was so excited to have something new she hadn't ever had in her life. She'd had turkey, but um, not fresh like that, usually just from a can. And that made her sick, so we don't eat that anymore. But um, anyway, yeah, it was... It was good, and the next day I woke up, my throat was so swollen, I don't know, from talking or what, but maybe just inhaling the atmosphere, the air of um, being around all the chickens and the dogs and the bunny rabbit and things that I'm probably allergic to. And so I would, I would like to say, let's just chalk it up to the allergies, to the animals, but cool ass people from all over um, the United States and super amazing. Um, some some of the people are neurodivergent. Some people are in the LGBTQIA community. Um, everyone is open minded and loving and open hearted and sweet. Some of the people were spiritual. Um, it was really neat. I was like, I love all these people. And they all had information like. You know, if you go here, you're going to get your vegetables for 20% off on Wednesdays. You go here, it's 10% off your meat order on Fridays. I'm like, dang, these people have, they're connected and they're paying attention and they're giving me and everyone else all the information. And now we've got a Thanksgiving friends group um, WhatsApp chat so we can all ask the group things or be a part of it or not. And it was very interesting. I really, really enjoyed meeting these people. I met a woman who has been a psychic medium her whole life. Her mother and grandmother do Olympia on people or used to either her grandmother passed, but her mom, I think still does it. She reads tarot and she's a psychic and, and, um, they all have the gifts and abilities of, speaking with the dead. So they're psychic mediums. And then plus they do tarot and psychic readings and they could cleanse people's auras and all that. And, and she told me that she hasn't really gone into that part of the family business at this moment, but she wants to, and she wants to learn more. 
And her mom said, go to go finish your university first, and then I'll tell you at the end, right, on the other end of this. But um, it was nice to talk to somebody like me that grew up being able to speak with animals, you know, having telepathy, having um, the psychic gifts and the mediumship that I have. Like, it's very rare for me to meet people like this. It's so amazing and such a blessing when I've been able to meet people that have these gifts. So overall was a successful outing. I'm exhausted. I've been in bed for two days. My throat hurts still. Um, not going to lie, picked up some sour diesel on the way. <laughs> and a lot of the people said, we're just going to walk home. So let's all walk home together. And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. And uh, they walked me home five blocks, you know, not the last block because, you know, I live in a very safe neighborhood. But we're walking around 10 o'clock at night in the city and part of the city I have not been in at that hour ever. And they were like, yeah, this is about the time the city gets hopping, actually. I'm like, whoa. I go, well, I'm too full. I ate way too much amazing food. You know, they were frying a turkey out on the street when I got there and, um, you know, drank Stella Artois. I haven't had one of those in a while. And I haven't had sweet potatoes in maybe 15 years. I didn't even know you could get them here. And they had sweet potatoes, like actual the orange yams, which you guys in the United States probably take that for granted because you have it all the time. But I haven't had those in like, I don't know. Well, I think when I was in Detroit in 2015 was the last time. So it was nice. It was nice to talk to people and, you know, connect. And I finally met the other Jonathan, my friend Jonathan from Columbia came here and he um, started a business teaching Spanish to people. And um, the other Jonathan teaches Spanish. And I thought that's interesting. So, um, but my Jonathan was only here for a couple months and then he went back to Bogota where he actually is teaching English to people in Bogota. He's got his degree in that. So very interesting. I'm like, that's funny. It's like everyone I know named Jonathan actually teaches a language, um, either English or Spanish or both even. So, <laughs> so I thought that was funny. I'm like, you're the other Jonathan. All right. Well, it's funny to finally meet you because I've heard about you like about a year ago. So that's very, very, uh, very interesting. But um, cool people. And I'm glad I went. Oh, my God, I'm still like getting rid of I had to call the archangels. You know, I called, you know, ask prime creators, send me archangels to pull people's stuff out of my aura. You know, as an empath, I'm still exhausted from the stuff that people let go of. I'm sure after I left, everybody felt a hell of a lot lighter after having been around my energy field. And I'm exhausted. <laughs> That's just par for the course. It's what happens. But um, a lot of people ask me for my phone number and let's get together. Let's have lunch. Let's, you know, so I'm like, all right, we'll see if anything happens. If they were just saying it to be nice and polite at the moment, or if they really actually meant it, you know, um, either way, I enjoyed myself and it was nice to feel kind of like normal quote unquote normal for once. Um, very strange. But I sat down last night to um, channel Ashtar for you guys. And I tried on, I think it was Friday. No, maybe it was Saturday night. And then again yesterday. 
both times he was asleep. I'm like, that is the first time in the last four years that I've ever tried to channel Ashtar Shearhan when he wasn't available. And I'm like, this is strange. This has never happened. I've always had a connection with him. I've always had the ability to channel him. And he wants to be consciously awake when we telepath. He doesn't want me to channel like his spirit or something because this makes it a little bit more genuine and a little bit more down to earth with real information for you guys, I guess, because he's in the fifth dimension and he's um, basically in this huge mothership and they take it all over. They're part of the Milky Way galaxy. Um, I don't know if you want to call them leaders or if you want to call them like a patrol, like they kind of keep everybody safe and they, they're probably engaged in trade. I honestly don't know what they're doing, but I do know that I read something from Daniel Scranton the other day who channel, um, he channels the Arcturians and other groups, and they said enough people have spiritually awakened now that we are officially in the Galactic Federation. Um, at least, I don't know if we've officially gotten into it, but we are a part of it enough, I guess. Enough people have said, I want to be a part of this. I want to be in this, you know, and we have had a lot more UFO sightings as a result of that because they're coming to say hello. And somebody else wrote recently, like I think yesterday, that we are, or the majority of the people, have at least one foot in the fifth dimension, you know, I guess not really one foot only. It's not like you look down and your feet have disappeared into another dimension. I don't mean like that. But, you know, like we have basically, we're even, we're like partially in the fifth dimension, if not all of us fully in the fifth dimension now, which means we vibrated high enough. We've done the spiritual work enough where we're there. And I'm noticing stuff, um, that's different, you know, like, you know, and I think you guys are too. A lot of you have contacted me with timeline hopping or you just feel like, all right, this is weird. Uh, I, I listened to Christmas music the other day. It said the best old holiday Christmas music. These are the best, most favored songs throughout the ages. And 75% of the songs I've never heard. We had Christmas in July in our household. Christmas started in November, like November 1st, we're playing Christmas, you know, the day after Halloween, it's Christmas music. You know, we had to listen to Christmas music constantly. And I mean, we're listening, you know, Nat King Cole, Mahalia Jackson, you know, in my household, we listen to everybody, Doris Day, you know, everybody, um, Bing Crosby, um, uh, Mannheim Steamroller. We listen to all of the Christmas music. And 75% of this list, I'm like, I've never heard of any of these. I sent it to my friend. She's in her late 20s. And she's like, no, I've never heard of like the majority of these songs. Like one of them was called, What Are You Doing on New Year's Eve? I'm like, what? That doesn't even sound right. 
and Christmas Roses. Someone told me about this song, but I'd never heard it. I think my mom mentioned this song years ago, and she said her husband would always buy her roses at Christmas, and it always upset her because it was like a cop-out. You know, he never bought her anything that lasted much past the week. Um, you know, like on January 1st, she now doesn't have a gift from her husband because now the roses have died. You know, and it always made her angry because she hated roses. And she told him that, and he just seemed to ignore her. And every year, oh, because that song, it's so romantic, Christmas Roses. It's like, <sighs> it was so frustrating because I had to hear about it every year. <laughs> but um, but a lot of these songs, I'm like, what? And I feel like I hopped a timeline. And I have this steak knife that had broken at that tip. And... I saw it again and it was like broken less. And I mentioned this before, but then I hopped a timeline in which it was broken the same amount as before. I know it sounds stupid, but little things like that, you just notice. Um, well, now it's different. That's weird. And then you hop another timeline and it's like, okay, it's back to normal, I guess. Um, <laughs> so I've noticed a lot of things like people don't have the same memories as I do. I talked about my daughter, I think, in the first half, not remembering that. You know, like, we couldn't remember, like, did you have chicken pox or measles? Like, you know, my, you know, my, basically my trans son, they were like, no, I had the measles. I'm like, I remember being chicken pox. You know, it's like we have different memories of the same event. So, but it, I don't know, just I've I've heard from a few different sources now that people are believing we're in the fifth dimension. We're part of the galactic federation. We're going to hear from Ashtar right now and we're going to see what is going on and forgive my voice for being weird. This is just what happens after literally being cooped up in a room with chickens in a coop. Um, I mean like they literally they had like six chickens and a rooster and it was the first time I've been around a rooster that did not crow. Or, you know, er, 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 around me. Usually, they do. But I do have my mantle of protection, so maybe that's why. I would have had to leave if it had been going off like that. Because I would have been like, dude. It's funny, too. This lady was like, oh, I saw an angel once. And I'm sitting here going, uh-huh. <laughs> don't, you don't say. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Anyway, here we go. We're going to channel um, Ashtar, which just basically means star commander, Ashtar commander. Um, Michael Sheerhan is his name. He lives in the fifth dimension on this big mothership, as I mentioned. I think the reason we're able to see all the ships now is because we're all in various stages of entering the fifth dimension. And the more you're able to be in the fifth dimension with your high vibration, the easier it's going to be to see the UFOs um, that have been there all along. We just didn't see them before. And that's why there's so many sightings and so many, um, you know, <laughs> so many videos out there now, which I think is pretty cool. All right. I'm already connected to Ashtar Shirhan or Michael Sherhan of Ashtar Command and the Palladian Light Forces. And he is a part of the Galactic Federation as well as the Galactic Federation of Light, which covers 
the Milky Way galaxy. And when I say light forces, they're light workers, basically. But they're people like you and I, and they have their flaws and their own opinions and their own ideas of things. So, um, you know, I treat them just like people that we are someday going to be able to see when we raise our vibration enough and phase into the reality in which they live. Okay. So, um, I telepath when I channel, I am an indirect channel, meaning I don't have anyone take over my body to speak. And that is something I want to mention before we get into it. So let me take a deep breath now. And I'm already connected to Ashtar. <sighs> okay, begin transmission. Greetings to all of the people of Earth. This is Ashtar Michael Sherhan. Yes, I am Pleiadian, and I wanted to be in touch again. It's been a while, and I wanted to tell you basically what's happening. The haps, as some of you say on Earth. I love the Earth phrases and the way that people put things, and sometimes we will use earthling phrases aboard our ship. We call you earthlings, we call you Terrans, we call you um, our little cousins, because we are related uh, to many of you by genetic bloodlines going back thousands upon thousands of years. And we do have some updated information for you. We would like to let you know that first and foremost, we are like your cousins or your big brothers, and we do have your best interests at heart and in mind, and we do have staff on our ships that are able to help you. If ever you need help, you can call upon us just say out loud, Ashtar Sherhan or Pleiadians, please send help and then tell us what you need help with because we are here to help. We do have technology and if our technology cannot help you, we have other people in the Galactic Federation and Galactic Federation of Light that do have the technology to help you. You're never alone. You always have your spiritual galactic family here with you whenever you wish to just say it out loud. Your voice is your power, your wisdom, and your knowledge can come from a simple ask. Even your Yeshua, your Jesus on earth said, knock and the doors open, ask and you shall receive. And this is something that we hear people saying, and they don't ask enough when they really need to. But we cannot help you without being asked. And this is why we cannot allow you into the Galactic Federation of Light or the Galactic Federation until enough people asked. Now you have reached that critical point and enough people have asked. And we are not by any means or stretch of the imagination the only 
people that have a group called the Galactic Federation or something similar. There are other committees and councils, and there are other groups, as it were, that also are interested, very interested in Earth at this time, or Terra, as we call it. We are interested as a collective whole because of what you are going through. And we know it's hard. We know you're having the ascension symptoms. We know that you're having emotional and mental struggles with a lot of the things that seem to be happening around you. Many of you have questioned your sanity and we know how hard you are working. We see it. We feel and see and know the struggle you're going through. Although when we went into the fifth dimension, it was a completely different ball game. We died off in the third dimension and were reborn when we reincarnated into the fifth. And so that was our path in the Pleiades um, for my people. But that was thousands upon thousands of years ago. And we have since traversed uh, many different worlds and we have seen much in this universe. And we have never seen anything like what is happening on your planet. You're lifting yourselves up into the fifth dimension is something that is helping the universe. When one person raises themselves up, they lift everybody up with them. The boats all rise to the lifting tide. And we've said this before, and you've heard a lot of this information already, but you're there. And you keep increasing your vibrations. You keep increasing yourself. You keep healing yourself. You're doing your shadow work. The greater majority of you are getting right with yourself. You're getting right with your higher self. You're getting right with your creator. And you're getting right with your purpose, your soul's purpose, your life purpose. And it is such a beautiful thing to see. We're here to lend support. We're here to lend help. We can help you meditate more intensely. We can help you with your focus. We have plenty of med beds. If you need uh, healing, you can ask for a med bed, basically a medical bed, which is an overlay we put over your bed. And you activate it by saying med bed I need. And then you list the healing that you need, and we can replicate it basically. And so anybody who needs it can have it. All you need to do is ask. And when you don't want it anymore, you can ask and we will take it away. We are not trying to control anybody or hurt anybody with these things. We're only here to love and help. And he's saying our little sister here, Elena actually has one and he wants me to tell you guys about it. Yes, I do have a med bed over my bed, like an overlay. And it does not activate unless I say activate med bed and say the things. So many nights I've gone to bed where nothing happened. I woke up like, wait a minute, I'm in pain. My joints are stiff. And it took me a while to realize, oh, 
I have to say it with my voice, activated. <laughs> I didn't realize. But it feels like um, kind of like a dome covering over my bed with four pillars holding it up. And when I'm in the energy, it's like a, not like a force field, but an energy field around it, around my bed. And I know two people who also have these. And I feel a vibration in my body when I say activate the med bed. And I feel it working like, I don't know if you've ever been in a massage chair, like a lot of the malls have them, where you lay in a massage chair and you put the money in and it turns on for 20 minutes or whatever. Um, there's like a roller that rolls up and down the body. Well, I have that same feeling with the med bed. If I tell them my legs hurt or I need um, massage, it will be like, it will feel like an energetic massage up and down my body. And it feels like a tingly energy. Uh, the way that you would imagine the, um, I'm being beamed aboard somewhere in Star Trek. Like the tingly, I don't know, I can't make the sound of it, but the tingly um, pieces and particles of light. It feels like pieces and particles of light are all around me, healing various aspects of my body, of my physical body. And it also heals the astral, the mental, it, it, it can heal everything. The Velodians also have been helping me heal um, in other subtle energy bodies. So um, there really is help available for us um, on in the ethereal and astral planes, in the higher dimensions. And it does trickle down to the physical body. But it's not an instant overnight heal. You're not going to... Um, you know, go to bed with a broken leg and wake up with a perfect leg tomorrow. It's not like that. It does take time still, but it takes maybe less time. It's like my eyesight is better. I know that, um, you know, when I had COVID for three weeks, I still had the COVID, but it like barely affected me. It was just um, the first few nights with the high fever was a problem, but I allowed the fever to burn up whatever the hell was in my body. And, um, and then after like four nights or five nights, I'm like, oh, wait a minute, duh, I have a med bed. Then I activate the med bed. And I got through the rest of the cycle um, fairly quickly. And I still had symptoms for about three weeks. And I'm still not 100%, but I think it's just the residual of that. And now that I'm activating the med bed every night, it's actually a lot better. So, okay, Ashtar, go ahead. So now that we've talked about the med beds and seeing our ship, I think, did you mention seeing our ships? He said, I, he said, I mentioned it briefly. He said, yes, you will be seeing more and more of our ships. And we're thinking about actually landing in the spring more. And we had been thinking about doing this a year ago, but it was very limited. We tried a few times. People were still starting to panic a little bit. So we're, gonna ease you into it and we will increase our fleets and just about anybody who goes outside and says hey is there any pleiadians around would like to see your ships we will probably if we're there we will definitely turn on our lights for you <laughs> and we have been saying this for a while a lot of you have actually seen us some of you um 
have wanted to, but we weren't directly overhead and we weren't able to. But we're going to try our best to have as many smaller ships around as possible so that you can see us, feel our presence, and in a way commune with us. And if you want to meditate with us while you're seeing the lights, you all you need to do is ask. Again, just knock and the doors open. Just say, hey, Pleiadians, I'd like to meditate with you. Show yourself if you can, if you're here, and I want to meditate with you because there is strength in numbers when you meditate and you want to connect with divine and you do it with other people. So even if you're alone and you ask us and we're there and we meditate with you, it will strengthen your own meditation. And we're all in this spiritual boat together. We are here because we love and care about you, our little cousins and brothers and sisters. We want, and we don't say little in a diminutive way, although um, we might be a little bit taller than you expect when you meet us. We are on the taller side. Um, unless you're a tall person yourself in the six foot plus range, um, you might be the same as us. But we are tall, I guess, by compared to Earth standards. But um, but we don't mean it that way. We say our little brothers and sisters only because you're newly. A lot of you are newly awakening and. We feel like we are the big brothers and big cousins. We love you dearly and we think of you like, almost like, not like our children though, where we don't want to act like we're your parents. We're just like a big brother who can show you the ropes. We've been there, done that. We can help you and answer questions and we're just here to be helpful and if you don't find it's helpful and you don't want our help, that's okay with us too. But for those of you that wish to participate in the new meditation program that we are rolling out now, just ask, Pleiadians, if you're here, meditate with me. We will strengthen the energy of your divine connection as we connect with you and connect with divine and at the end of the meditation, we will disconnect from your energy field so that you can experience your own energy with the newfound love and light inside you from the meditation, from your own efforts. But if we strengthen it, you'll have more, maybe more insight, maybe more light within, maybe more sense of calm and peace and gentle joy. And that is something that we choose to bring to you. We want to bring that feeling of gentle joy to you. We want you to feel that this is a wondrous time in the history of humanity. This is a time of wonder. And, and we know that this is coinciding with Christmas coming up. A lot of you who celebrate the holidays, Christmas, Kwanzaa, Diwali just passed, but all the different holidays from around the world, Hanukkah, of course, too, all of these uh, things that are celebrated around the world always seem to bring a sense of wonder and joy. And we want to bring that sense of wonder and joy to you each and every day of your life, or at least all the days that you wish to have it. Because life does not any longer have to be one of toiling or starvation or fear. 
lack consciousness, poverty consciousness, all of these things can be overcome. And when you raise your consciousness to the levels of, I have enough, I am enough, I feel the wonder and joy, and I'm able to dance and delight in the universe and in the divine light energy. When you have that energy about you, things will start to manifest like this for you. Things will come into your energy field really fast. People that can help you will suddenly become your friend and show up in your life and in your energy field you will start to notice new foods or old foods that you've been wanting, but now you, you didn't have. Okay. He's like saying, he, okay, okay. He's like, for example, Elena with your sweet potatoes, you know, yeah, they're, they're, uh, they have a lot of vitamin A. They're very healthy for you. And you wanted them and you were thinking to yourself, I really want sweet potatoes. And then here we are a week later. Now you know where to get them. And you know people who know where to get them. Yes, exactly. And he's, <laughs> that's exactly right. So that's the kind of example he wanted. He said, he said, us as Pleiadians, we're always working with you, Elena. We're always working with you, everybody listening, who wishes to work with. If you've ever said the words, Pleiadians, I wish to work with you out loud, we're already working with you. So when you wish something out loud, we will work with you to bring the manifestation faster because we're just like spiritual partners that actually listen to you and want to bring about the things that you think about and shout out loud about. You don't have to shout. You could just say it out loud and we will bring it about for you. We will help you in the ways that we can as long as it does not interfere with the soul lessons that your soul had decided to uh, bring in. So for example, if you had to be friendless for 30 years in order to have a better connection with divine, we cannot bring you new friends. If you had chosen to live in poverty because you were too materialistic in a past life and you need to learn a different way, we cannot interfere and bring you material uh, desires, for example. But if uh, you are on the right path and these things are a part of your, you know, like it's not going to interfere with your life purpose. We have permission from the divine to help you bring things easier and faster for you. Now, we're not gods. We don't want you to think of us as spiritual masters or gods that are somehow above you because you yourselves are becoming spiritual masters, at least spiritual masters of the earth plane Terra existence. Now we are, um, we became what you could call spiritual masters of the third dimensional in the Pleiadians, uh, in the Pleiades. I mean, sorry, he said Pleiades, I said Pleiadians. Sorry about that, guys. It's me, Elena, saying that. But um, so he's saying when we were in the Pleiades and we went from the third to the fifth, we had to achieve a spiritual existence that was worthy of the fifth dimension in order to be reincarnated. Those of us who did not make it were never reincarnated again. Those of us who did make it are here now with you because we became worthy enough to live in the fifth dimension in the spiritual way. 
So those of us who were over having wars and we were over fighting and we were over manipulations and we were over cheating on people and, you know, all the things that you have in your world that you don't like, the things that you're trying to overcome as a, as the human race, we overcame and the fifth dimensional Pleiadians that are with us right now in the Ashtar command or in the other aspects. Cause, um, Oh, okay. He's saying he doesn't command all of this. It's just his own little section is here in the Milky Way galaxy. And he has like some other little outline outpost kind of sections that he is in charge of, but he's not in charge of the whole thing by any stretch of the imagination, like different regions in space are, have other commanders. He's just the current one in this area. Okay. So that's interesting. I didn't know that before. All right. So he's saying that, go ahead say what you were saying. So I now, now I've lost the train. Where are we at? Ashtar, <laughs> Michael, and someone's talking to him. I think he has to go. Do you have to go? He says we have five more minutes and then, and then that's it. Okay, that's fine. All right. There's, they've been really like, like you've been sleeping a lot more. He said, yes, it's been really rough even for us in the fifth dimension, the energies coming from the higher cosmos because humanity is getting ready to shift and jump up in a huge way. You're all going to feel it. Like he's relating this to, have you ever been in an elevator that went up to the floor you're supposed to be on and then, but it goes a little bit like maybe half a foot higher than that floor. And then it plumps down really fast and you're like, whoa. And your stomach kind of feels like it fell out. <laughs> And you're like, whoo, or when you're going on one of those, um, a special hill where your, your tummy does flip flops. If you go like the certain, like 35 miles an hour over that hill over there, your tummy's going to do that weird flip floppy feeling. My kids, we had one in paradise, California and my kids, mommy, mommy, go over that hill. Let's do it again. Go around the block, do it again. That flip floppy feeling. And we all got that weird feeling in our stomach because it comes like a sudden drop kind of energy. So he's saying that the, that kind of energy, we're all going to feel it and it's going to feel weird. It's going to be like, it's almost like we went too high up and then boom, we come back down real quick and we settle into a new, like a new rung on the ladder in the fifth dimension. And it's at that point when that happens and everyone will feel it. Everyone is going to be like, whoa, I felt that shift. And a lot of people are going to be like, oh, my, my stomach feels funny. I feel weird. What just happened? People that are unaware will say that. People that are aware, especially people hearing this message, are going to go, oh, my God, we did it. We're here. <sighs> Thank God we're in the fifth dimension, right? We made it. <laughs> Looks like we made it. <laughs> he says everyone's going to rejoice and feel like oh, we're here. We did it. Thank God. But um, he says it's going to be that kind of a feeling. And when that happens, that's when you're going to be able to interact more and more on the level of physicality. Because in the fifth dimension, there is a level of physicality. In the seventh dimension, there's physicality still, but it's just a little bit slightly less than in the fifth dimension, which is slightly less than in the third dimension. So 
you're going to know when it happens. Hello, darling. I love you too. Knowledge says she loves you to all the people, right? I love you too. Say it to all the people. Okay, that was her saying, I love you. Yeah, you're such a good girl. I love that you love everybody. You've got a really good sweetheart. So that was the cat. Now she's scratching the hell out of my backpack because, you know, that's a habit she has to keep up with. <laughs> now she, she always makes my backpack flat on the ground so she can lay on it and, and give herself a shower. <laughs> anyway, um... And okay, now start saying it is going to affect your children. It will affect your animals too, your cats and your dogs as well. So everyone's going to be affected. If you feel that your animals are being more protective of you, more affectionate with you, they're hanging out with you a little more, they want hugs a little bit more, it's probably because you're getting ready to go up in vibration and up into the next level of this dimension. So keep it in mind and also keep your compassion towards others and your wits about you as well. Be aware that you are basically all in this together. It's not just you or the spiritually minded people. Obviously, there's more than 144,000. We wanted to clear that up again. We said it before, but there's a, a lot more than 144,000 people going into the fifth dimension. Um, that's kind of more of a metaphor than anything else. Um, as far as we could tell, and what he said, what me, what Elena has said, what other channelers and other psychic mediums and other people in the spiritual community, the leaders on your planet. We've heard from several people, and it seems to be the case that there's 144,000 twin flames on the twin flame journey in your world, which means, what, 72,000 couples have incarnated on your planet. And what I told you guys before, this is me, Elena, speaking, not Ashar, um, usually throughout all of our history, the reason why we never heard about twin flames before this past six, seven, 10, 12, 15 years is because usually we only have 10 to 12 couples uh, holding the light for us. But because now there's 72,000 couples holding the light for all of humanity in the twin flame couple, divine love energy, um, and there's, and then beyond that, there's millions of light workers and the millions of light workers are holding different energies, not the divine love connection energy, but they hold a divine love energy of a different nature, like not the twin flame, but they might have like divine love of soulmates or compassionate love for children or compassionate love for the elderly or compassionate love for the animals of the earth or whatever. So everybody has a different, um, love frequency. This is what Ashtar is saying now. Everyone in, in your world has a different love frequency, even though love is love is love. Everyone has a different love frequency that they have to hold in there, but they hold it. You hold it in your body naturally. So 
if you're, uh, so whatever comes the most natural to you. So say you love whales and dolphins, and then you work hard on helping um, the whales and the dolphins, and you work for charities, and you help whatever um, to do with that. Or you just meditate with the whales and dolphins, you dream with them. Maybe you're from Mintaka in a past life. Um, oh, I know one person who's going to hear this who is actually, because I did a channeling for her a while back, but one of my uh, reading clients and my dear friend, but, um, and you know who you are. <laughs> and so uh, anyway, so he's saying that, you know, that might be the love, like maybe she's holding love for whales and dolphins, for example. And I was working with whales and dolphins. So I lived in Santa Barbara. And then when I moved to Peru, I was working with with dogs and, and cats and, you know, all the strays in, in the city of Lima. And for like a year and a half, that's all I did was give energy. And the cats actually didn't take as much energy, but the dogs really did, you know? So for me, that was it. And my other part in this whole process for me was lifting up vibration of land masses and putting ghosts, um, spirits were trapped untrapping them and sending them to heaven and opening a portal. So, so for example, that would be my part in it. So, okay, share hand or Michael, he says, yes, exactly. And some of you will be holding the vibrational love of love for flowers. And maybe it's only, uh, maybe it's only, uh, flowers that are yellow, maybe you're, or white flowers, or maybe it's all flowers, or maybe your um, <coughs> part in it is to love all of the greenery plants. Yes, darling. What is she saying? Mom, do you guys hear that? Mom, do you want me to open a drawer for you? She wants to go and rip up the rest of my rental agreement. She literally got into my drawer to rip up my rental agreement. I'm like, what the hell? It's like in a thousand pieces in my drawer. I put in the back of one of the drawers, knowing she can't get to it, and she got to it and ruined it anyway. Okay, so Ashtar said, take care of the cat, <laughs> and I'll give you another five minutes if I have to. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Michael. He says, yeah, no problem. All right. So um, I don't even know where we were at, what we were talking about at this point. Oh, he was saying, okay, he, he knows where we were. Thank God. <laughs> He says, yeah, ADHD is better in the fifth dimension. He's laughing. Okay, so whatever your point of love that you're supposed to hold, maybe you have a love of creating art or a love of music or a love of even accounting, whatever, you know, so you love numbers or you love science and how factual it is. And that's your passion and that's where you hold your divine love. It, and, and there's everything on this planet that you can imagine and every love that every person on this planet holds is unique because you have your own core soul frequency and then you love something with that energy and it combines to create a harmony or a harmonic resonant note that in the upper realms they can actually hear. So when they've heard the song, if you will, of earth shift, everything raised up into the fifth dimension. And that's one way that they can hear 
because the song has shifted from their perspective. And they're in the fifth dimension. And they've talked to, okay, he's saying, we have talked to people in the seventh and the ninth. What about the 11th? He says, I think one person talked to someone in the 11th dimension, but every dimension has noticed a shift in the harmonics, the song of earth. Okay, one last question, Michael, I have for you. What about that laser beam pointed at Earth with all the information in it? Where did that come from? He says, okay, as far as we can tell, or as near as we can tell, <laughs> he says, I don't know what your language is, far or near, uh, what you relate to the most, but as much as we can tell, we think it came from somewhere from the Orion galaxy. That's what he's saying, from the Orion galaxy. And it possibly came from the Grand Central Sun area or from a point of the Orion galaxy, but from a prominent part that had the power to send a beam that strong for that long across the light spectrum, because it's a laser light. So it came across the light spectrum, the laser light spectrum. And he's also saying, as far as they can tell, so far, they think it's a positive message. And he says, we're not sure, and we're not, and don't take our, you know, don't, this is not, uh, maybe not true. He's like, we think it might be an invitation into like the Galactic Federation or into something along those lines. It might be one of those, we know you're ready, here it is. You are now a part of the greater galactic community. And for us in our, where we're seeing where you guys are at, from our perspectives, the Galactic Federation of Light and my own personal perspective as Michael Sheerhan of Ashtar Command, we do believe that you have made it. That you're there enough. And wait for that big shift to come, one more big one. But for the most part, we think that you have done enough work and enough of you have contacted us where, yeah, you are now a part of the galactic community. And we wanted to say we love you. Thank you and welcome to the Galactic Federation of Light and the Galactic Federation and the Galactic Community. Welcome to the rest of the universe. I am Michael Sherhan of Ashtar Command and the Pleiadian Light Forces, and I love each and every one of you, my little cousins, and we're here always to help you in, in any way. So just ask and you shall receive. I love you all. And now I must take my leave. I must go. Okay. I love you, Michael. Thank you. He's bowing to me. All right. <sighs> I love you too. All right. Okay. He says, he says, contact me later. I'm like, I will. I will. You know, I will. All right. Thank you so much. He says he has something to take care of. They've been very busy. 
doing a bunch of different things, getting us prepared. They're getting themselves prepared to come and meet us, I guess. I don't know. All right. Anyway, that was the end of the transmission. I hope you guys enjoyed this channeling and this episode of Metaphysical Soul Speak, the podcast. Again, apologies for not my not being able to get it out uh, sooner. Like I said, twice I tried to channel him and I he was asleep, which was weird. That never happens. Um, you know, we can, we even sleep in the seventh dimension, so it's not weird that it happened, but it's strange that it happened the times that I tried to channel him were times that in the past, you know, like 11 o'clock at night, for example, I have channeled him before at these hours, but this time it was, um, it was just like impossible. And also with my throat being swollen, you can maybe tell, you can maybe hear it in my voice that my throat is swollen a little bit from all those chickens and you know, <laughs> the rabbit and the dogs. Oh my. Uh, <laughs> and talking, maybe talking too much to people. I don't know. Me and me and my Gabby mouth, my gift of gab, as they say. But, uh, yeah, so I'm sorry that I'm getting it out on Monday night and not Friday night, but it was a rough, energetically rough weekend for me. But today is the full moon Happy full moon, guys. Remember to stay hydrated and well-rested. Take as many breaks as you need to. Um, if it gets to be a little hairy out there because of this energy. And we are in, thank God, in Sagittarius season. So lots of adventures await us. And I will be back, hopefully, on Friday this week. And hopefully I'll be able to put it out on Friday this week. Um, but I will be back as soon as I can. Um, and I love each and every one of you. Thank you so much for being a part of the um, metaphysical community, the spiritual community that we've been able to create over the past um, four years. It's been wonderful. I'm getting to know several of you. And that's it. I will be back. This was the fourth episode. We have four more episodes between now and the end of season 11 and the end of this podcast. So, um, yeah, thank you for being here with me during this time. And that's it. I love each and every one of you, but I am signing off with peace, love, and joy, and the high vibes of the fifth dimension that we are all in right now. Peace. Until next time, guys. Hey guys, I've been making episodes of Metaphysical Soul Speak, the podcast for a while now, and many of you have contacted me wondering just how you can support me and my podcast. Well, I have two solutions for this question. Number one is to become a listener supporter in which you go to the Anchor app, locate my channel, and sign up anywhere from $0.99 cents to $9.99 monthly, and you can stop anytime. Or number two is to make a one-time donation of any amount via Zelle, bank to bank, or through PayPal using my email, 
mermaidgirl888 at gmail.com, also located in the show description. Now, with this option, you aren't uh, obligated monthly in any way, and you're also not limited. Thank you all so much in advance for your support. Let's keep Metaphysical Soul Speak on the air and onward and upward to the fifth dimension together, guys. Thank you. Oh, thank you.